It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi there, friends. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. My name is Laura Pereno, and I'm with Debbie Kiever today. And we are just really grateful that you have made the choice to spend this time with us as we dig into the Word of God together today. You know, we're going to talk about going back to our call. This month, we're talking about going back to the beginning or going back to the basics. And, you know, we've started out with a great uh, testimony from Darlene Simmons on how she chooses life and the way that God called her back to the beginning and in what she eats and how she lives. And, and we're going to look at some great topics as we go forward. But today, we're going to talk about the call of God. You know, it's interesting because God has called each one of us for a purpose. And yet so often, I think one of the most asked questions in the church community uh, is what is the call of God on my life? And I think sometimes, you know, we ask each other that, like, what's your call? Or have you discovered your call? Or are you moving in your call? And man, that can put a lot of pressure on people if we are in that moment where we're uncertain about what our call might be or what it looks like. And it actually sounds kind of like, I don't know, maybe a big scary thing, something that uh, if we don't know what it is, we're not quite sure what to do about it. But there are moments in life where we have the opportunity to go back to that moment when God has called us. And we're also going to talk today about how to uh, respond or, or what the next steps are if you're uncertain about what the call is that God has on your life. But for those of us who do understand or know what the call of God is on our lives, you know, there's that moment where we understand that God has called us to a specific direction, a specific way, a specific ministry, and we use that call to really uh, shape our steps and where God is taking us next. Laura, I can remember um, when I was younger, like in the 20s, going to conferences or uh, just being in a church family where I'm watching certain individuals who just seemed like they knew what they were doing from a ministry standpoint. Like they they woke up, they had their purpose, they had their program that they were doing. They just seemed effective. Like their ministries were growing and they were having a huge impact in my own life. And I was really intimidated by them. And it, they weren't doing anything wrong. It's just, I think in, within myself, I had this perception that there was something special about them and I didn't, and I didn't qualify. You know, I got, God was not working in my life that way. And I, I also was mistaking, maybe they were in their thirties or forties or fifties, forgetting that they had one time had just come out of high school or just come out of college and felt probably insecure like I did. So the common denominator is that there was literally a place where God called them placed that dream within them and then they had the choice whether I was going to step into it or not and so I'm looking at myself in my 20s and I'm comparing myself to somebody who's got a decade or two ahead of me of listening to the Lord and stepping out consistently and watching what he's doing in and through their lives so I don't know if you've ever felt that way but I definitely did and so I go back to what is what is exactly a call anyway what is that spiritual definition of a call you might say i read this one definition laura it said it's a strong inner impulse towards a particular course of action especially when it's accompanied by conviction of a divine influence what is what is that like in layman's terms it's that strong feeling that 
There is something that God wants to do in and through my life. And it's, it's got this conviction, like this is really important. It's, it's uh, a passion area of, for me. So some people will say, well, only people that get calls are those who are going to be a pastor. You know, like you're going to be in full-time ministry, but that is actually not correct. Like that call is for every believer. He's created us for a purpose. And, and when he's got a purpose, he's going to literally give you the call and tell you what that purpose is going to be. There's a, an author that we both love, Tim Keller. And one of the things he says is that each person will hear the call of God on their lives. It's, it's not something that you're likely going to miss or overlook. And when he does call you, it's humbling. I mean, it like breaks off some of the lies that you believe that shakes you up a bit. Uh, because it's usually his call takes you way out of your comfort zone. It brings a conviction like, wow, there's something that God wants to do uh, in and through my life. Amen. And really, when you were just saying that, I was thinking about Samuel and how God continued to call him. We're not going to look at his life today, but man, he was not, God was not going to allow Samuel to miss that call, right? No. I love what you just said. If we looked at our callings, it's actually an, our callings are acts of grace, because God doesn't call us, and maybe this is where some of that um, questioning is that we go through that you were talking about, you know, am I good enough? Everybody else is better than me, whatnot. Like, God doesn't call us into the ministry that he calls us because we are qualified. No. He qualifies us because he has called us. And I think that's such a key thing to remember. Honestly, if, if he was calling us because we were qualified for something, I'm not really sure what the calling would be, right? Because the things that he calls us to are usually the things that we feel least qualified for. But because he calls us, he's the one who does the qualification. God's call is also radical. And I love the fact that the purpose of the call is to bless other people and bring glory to God. When I think about that, Deb, I just go like, that's a wow, like out of the box. God calls us, you know, it's not for us, it's for other people and to bring glory to God. And yet we receive so much out of it. You know, if we have been given a call and that means that everybody in the word has also been given a call. And man, we can look at the word of God to see how all of these people lived it out. And it is a lesson. And there are things we can take from the lives of other people in the word that we can apply to our lives so that we can make sure that we are, you know, living in and stewarding the call that God has given us uh, appropriately or well. You know, if he calls you to something that you feel comfortable with, then you don't need him. You know, you don't need them to be there to help you walk it out. You know, I can re I've can i shared this uh, little pieces on the different podcasts over this past year, but I it was in 1998 um, that God put a call on my heart that was so, it was so dramatic for me. I'm a pretty even keel kind of person, and I I had a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and, and I was growing in the Lord, I mean, just like, you and I just getting in the word and praying and we were actually at a conference and uh, prior to going to the conference um, I was just spending some time like praying and fasting and God what do you want to do in my life you know as we are getting ready to go on this retreat just kind of preparing my heart and I began to as I was praying I began to kind of get a picture um, I was awake it wasn't like I was sleeping but I, I kept getting this picture of speaking in front of a large group of, of women. Now, 
if you recall, this is this is a season of my life where God was doing a work in me of of changing my focus to worrying about what he thinks versus other people. But I wouldn't say that I was stellar at it at this point. And so the idea of standing in front of lots and lots of women with a microphone uh, kind of made me sweat, you know, like I'm going to break out in hives. That was not <laughs> something that I would feel really comfortable with. And I was teaching the word of God though. And so as I was praying and seeing this picture, I got excited and terrified all at the same time. Mm, like, I God, I love the idea of teaching the word and how to walk it out in a group with a lot of women. But, oh, my gosh, what if I screw up? You know, so it was this, he planted this seed. And when I went away on this conference, some prayer ministry over me, a woman from another country who did not know me, she was on the prayer team, came up to me and and as she prayed, she described what I had just journaled privately in the United States. And it's like, she described, you are going to be a preacher among women one day. And she mm, began to describe mm-mm. a number of things. And I just broke. I fell to the floor and I was crying and shaking. I'm thinking, God, that was, that was so clear from you, not only a week ago, but now you're confirming it with this this tiny little woman, she was an older woman from Canada that just, it's almost like she read my journal. And, and then this call was so significant over that, that retreat. God just kept confirming it and stirring it up even more in my heart. When I came home, I looked at my five-year-old and my two-year-old and I'm like, God, what do I do? Like, how do I be a mom and, and walk out this call? And he, I heard it real clearly. He said, you raise these boys you raise these boys to love me and it's it's something for the future but right now you're going to be in boot camp or you're going to grow so he put a call 20 years later i feel like i'm starting to step in more what god had for me but i wasn't ready i wasn't ready for what he had for me when i was in my late 20s i don't know that i'm ready now i mean honestly (laughs) you start asking those questions but there was a lot that he had to work in and through me over the past 20 years Amen. I love that, Deb. Every single part of what you just said is exactly what we just talked about, right? When you get the call, you're not going to feel qualified. Samson and all these people, Debbie, Laura, all of us, when God gives us the call, it's always something bigger. And I love what you just said, because it's, if, if he gave us something we could do on our own, then it's just something we can do on our own, right? It's not, it's not something we need to uh, trust him with. I remember I was 15 years old when I was at a summer camp and God um, had, they were given an altar call at the end. And if you wanted to commit your life to full-time Christian service and be in Christian ministry, uh, you were to come forward. And man, you know, those moments where like your heart is just like going crazy wild. And I was a super shy girl. And I thought, oh my goodness, here we go. And I stepped out of the pew and went up. And I remember kneeling at the altar, just thinking, God, I don't know what it is, um, but I'm yours and whatever you have for me. And I was 15 at that time. And I see how God, that was the call, the moment that God put the call on my life. I knew that I would be doing something uh, with the word, uh, you know, as far as the call. But I didn't really see how God was going to use that at the time. And it was a long time, Deb. And and the thing, I, I knew what the call on my life was. And maybe some of our listeners uh, would experience this too. Like I knew the call on my life was to do something with the word. I, you know, I assumed I would be a missionary. I don't know. Uh, or a pastor's wife. That's kind of what I thought I was going to be. But 
Um, I started kind of determining how that call was going to be played out. Like, Mm -hmm. well, I mean, honestly, this is going to sound silly, but I would uh, date people. And if they weren't going to be a pastor or a missionary, I would (laughs) no longer date them because I knew God had a call on my life and there was no way I could go outside of that call. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was the only way I thought that I could work out God's call in my life, which of course is a whole nother story because we don't get to be the ones who work out the call of God in our life. He works it out in ours. And so just a you know, long story short, it was I started teaching in a Christian school and I was like, this must be it. This must be it. Because at this point now I've married Dan. He's clearly not a pastor or a missionary, right? He's a pilot. And um, <laughs> and, and so here we are in this place and I'm, I'm teaching at a Christian school and I started being able to teach the Bible. And I saw how God, and man, I was scared to death about that, Debbie. I was scared to death to be a teacher in a Christian school because what a heavy weight that was like to steward God's word, you know? And so God gave me that opportunity to... Um, teach the Bible to those amazing fifth graders. And then he took me out of that and he, he gave me a position, you know, teaching a Bible study. And things have grown since then. And I just love the fact that it, the call was always there from that day when I was 15. And he so clearly said, um, you know, give your heart to me. Like, I've got plans for you. It's going to be a ministry. And I just said yes, without specific understanding and honestly with zero qualifications because I couldn't even have a conversation with a friend, let alone think about speaking the word of God or anything to anybody. Um, But when I look back now and I see my journey with the call, I know the moment I got the call, but I also know how God has grown that and developed it. And if I'm still here, right, it's still developing and it's still growing and he's still um, using me. But I love the fact that there there really is a specific moment I can go back to and, and you can too. And so could Samson and others in the word where we can say, this is the moment that God prepared me, showed me what is ahead, even if he didn't give me all the details. I just have to believe, though, that there are some who are listening and they're going, great, that great, Laura, great, Debbie, yeah, that's right. great for you. Right. But I have never heard this call. I have no idea if I have one. Uh, maybe I missed it. Maybe I misinterpreted it. Maybe I screwed up something in my life and I can't get it back. And, and what about me? You know, what about me? What would be your encouragement because I'm not opposed to it. I just haven't heard anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tony Evans, he's one of my favorite authors. And he has some very practical, concrete um, steps. Like if this is you, if you're waiting to hear God's call in your life, um, rather than running around looking for your call, stay focused on doing what you're supposed to do to grow in intimacy with your Heavenly Father to start to get to know him better, to get to know what the word says. It's almost like if you focus on just growing, then he, he does. you don't have to go find the call. He will find you. So make a decision that my goal is not to find the call. My goal is to grow in my relationship with Christ. Amen. So how are you doing that? You'd be very, oh, number one is to invite the Holy Spirit who is already fully in you, God himself who's in you as a believer, invite him to, um, take control of different areas of of your life to fill the control seat the driver's seat in the different areas of your life that are important to you including just you know discovering your call just say it's not my job to find it holy spirit i invite you to be lord of that area Uh, your prayer life right your prayer life needs to be growing god often speaks through our prayer time so if we're not used to spending that time like speaking to him and listening to him that's that's yep. not communication's not there. You also want to really be able to study the word. 
God can, he will speak through his scripture. And sometimes he'll use scripture to uh, stir up that call that's within you. Invite the Holy Spirit, who is the giver of all these good gifts, right? God, show me what my gifts are, how to use them. And be sold out, be sold out, like consecrate yourself, meaning like set yourself apart. I belong to you, Father, and I want my life to so resemble somebody who's a centerpiece. Uh, their world revolves around their personal walk with Christ. Do you look that way to other mm. people? That's mm. a decision you make every mm. day. I'm going to, I'm going to honor you, God, in the way that I live. And so if he's telling you to do certain things like uh, steps of obedience, then just step into it. Yes. Yes. Just do what God is asking you to yes. do. And then you're going to find that in that journey, it's almost like saying, God saying, we're going to take this path. We're going to mm -hmm. walk this trail in the state park. Mm -hmm. Okay, God, I was kind of thinking about a different trail, but I'll walk with you. And on that trail, he says, now that we're walking in the same direction, mm. I want to tell you what I have for you. Mm. So get Absolutely. busy. Get busy doing what God has called you to do. He knows right. where to find you. That's right. I love what you were just sharing because I'm thinking about, um, you know, we both have kids and, and if you have a, a child you want them to know what, what they're supposed to do, right? Absolutely. You want them to find their call. You And so God's the good father. He's not trying to hide from us what he has called us to do. And so you're right. He will find us, and, and we can ask the Holy Spirit to show us which way we're supposed to go. Well, we're going to look at two uh, individuals in the Word of God today, and we're really just going to hit them briefly. Their stories are both so deep and so profound. But these are two men, just like others in the Scripture, who have a call on their lives from God. And we're going to see that whether they know it at a certain season or they don't, or they know what it is and they run away from it, or they know what it is and they're just going to abuse it. We're going to learn a lot from these two individuals because Moses and Samson were two individuals that had the call of God on their lives. And when we're talking today about going back to your call, right? Both Moses and Samson had a moment where they had to go back to the place where God called them in order to do what they were called to do at that moment. Well, Moses, let's think about him. Moses knew that he was different. He was born from a Hebrew mother, but he was raised by an Egyptian mother, a princess, right? Yep. But he was nursed by his mother. So for those first couple of years, God actually allowed Moses, his mother, to raise him, mm. but still having the input of this Egyptian mother. And if think about the culture, I mean, the Egyptians were the slave masters to the Hebrew, the Hebrew nation. So there was this, like, he has this one foot in his Hebrew culture and his other foot in the Egyptian culture. I, I don't know how you're going to pick sides. You know, so he knew that he didn't fit in in either place. Mm. I mean, when he was around the Hebrew people, they had to resent the life that he was living in the palace. But in the palace, they knew that he was Egyptian. He was a Hebrew. So there's something unique about you. I think of Esther, right? For such a time as this, yep. Moses and I'm sure his mother knew that there was <laughs> something special that God had in store for Moses, but. The challenge is he's, he's torn in both directions. He sees the abuse of a Hebrew at the hand of an Egyptian and something rises up within him. I mean, it's like this anger because he knows that this isn't right. And he also knows that um, he needs to do something 
to, to you know, I'm, I'm called to do something. I'm not quite sure what it is, but something rises up and he handles it incorrectly and he kills the Egyptian and out of fear for his life, he takes off mm. for the, so he's leaving the palace. He's leaving his, mm. his mother and, and he, he takes off for 40 years in the, in the wilderness. Now you wonder, like, did maybe the Hebrews go, I wonder if, you know, God wanted to use Moses to save his people. I don't know. It doesn't necessarily say that, but he didn't, he blew it. He absolutely blew it. He, he maybe had this opportunity. God could have used them and he's going, ah, I screwed up. And now if I walk back into Egypt, they're going to kill me. Obviously God can't use me now. Absolutely. I mean, I can imagine how defeated he felt because of his own actions, right? He took things into his own hands. He did the wrong thing. And so he ran away. And in that season um, of waiting, which I'm sure he would never have looked at that season and think, wow, God must have big plans for me, right? (laughs) Like I have just blown it. And, but in that season for 40 years in the wilderness, you know, he built his family and, um, he was certain like, this was it, this was the end. Like I am going to be a shepherd in, uh, the wilderness. I'm going to raise my family and this is what I've been created for. And he was, uh, doing his thing, but God had more for him and God was getting ready to have, you know, to speak to him the call that he would not be able to miss. Just like we talked about earlier, like we do not miss the call. And so he was shepherding faithfully, just doing what he always did. And the appointed time came for the call. God called him in the burning bush experience. He spoke Moses's, you know, spoke out to Moses. He told him who he was. He told him what Moses was supposed to do. And Moses got the call, right, in a moment that he will never or he would never forget. There was there was no way around thinking this was not the call of God on Moses's life. I mean, 40 years, he's like, what exactly am I supposed to do with my life? And, you know, like, is God even real? He was raised, I'm sure, his mother telling him about the God of Israel. And so here he has this encounter. He's been waiting his whole life to kind of have some direction. And his immediate answer is uh, no. Like, <laughs> like no, yeah, I, can't, <laughs> I can't go back to Egypt. They're going to kill me. And, and he, it, Moses was like the king of making excuses. You know, it's interesting as you look at personality types, Moses is um, what they would call like a high C personality. He likes all the details. Mm. He was a D God spoke to him in details mm. and, and he, Moses spoke back questions yeah. <laughs> throughout Moses's life. Yes, this, is, yes. this is his personality and the way God very kindly still you know, didn't blast him. Mm. but he waits all this. He, he waits and God gives him all these details. And Moses' answer is still, no, I'm not good enough. And that goes mm. right back to what Tim Keller said. He doesn't call you because you're qualified. And in fact, he loves to show off through the fact that you're not qualified. Yes, yes, yes. And I think, you know, if we were just to stick a side note in here, put yourself in Moses' shoes. If you are sensing a call from the Lord and it is way bigger than you and it's something that's way out of your comfort box and maybe you've (laughs) said no a few times like Moses did or you are thinking no, that is probably the call of God on your life. You know, I, I, I don't know. It's the big scary things that God has purposed for us to do. But I love how God did not let Moses's no be a no. Right. Every excuse that Moses made, God made a way 
through and he lovingly gave him signs. I mean, Deb, God was after Moses. He was pursuing Moses. He's like, I'm not going to let your no stop the plans that I have for you. And so I'm going to show you, I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to tell you who I am. And he actually did say that, right? He said, I am. (laughs) And so he told Moses his name. He gave him a greater revelation of who he is as he was speaking the call. I think that's another uh, great identifier for the call. When we experience the call of God and when we walk in it, we're going to uh, be taken from one level of revelation to the next on who he is. Um, You know, it usually comes in the moment of the call when we fall on our face and say no, like Moses did. Or when we look back, we can say, wow, God, you said that's who you were and you have taken care of every single detail. I wonder, I just wonder what, input he had gotten in 40 years from other people Mm. you know i think for us we may start to sense god's call but then we hear the voices of other people in our Mm -hmm. our lives who maybe have meant well but they have spoken that this is not your strength you Mm -hmm. can never do this and too bad you kind of screwed up and you know those kind of things satan likes to remind you of yep and those those insecurities that you have um you're afraid of messing up and God knows that yeah. he's not calling you to be like to do this perfectly. He wants you just to step out. And I remember for Moses throughout Moses's life, God would give him tremendous detail. If you just look at the detail, yes. God says, look, this is what's going to happen next. Yep. And then this will happen now. And Moses kept going back and back saying, are you sure? What yeah, about this? Yeah, and yeah. Finally, at one point, God's like, just move. Yes. Like, just go, Moses, yes. stop asking questions. It's almost like a parent just clapping your hands and say, stop asking questions yes. and just go. Just yes. trust me in this. And that's that's the way God dealt with Moses. You know, once you stop making your excuses, you've heard me say this to you before, just go. Yes, I, I put myself right there with Moses in so many parts of his story, Deb, and and uh, I can relate. I can't come down on Moses for his reply no. <laughs> because, like, I think that as many times as uh, Moses said no to God, I've probably done it more. And when I even think about the first Beyond Women's Conference that we have, and I've shared my story before, and I know you have a very similar story on how God spoke the word to you about the Women's Conference and wow, where He's taken it now. Um, but I remember when God told me that there would be a a women's conference and that I would be uh, speaking in one of the teachers. And I, I said, Moses's line. I said, uh, no, no, (laughs) No, thank you. Yeah. And it was kind of, now that I look at Moses's story, I mean, it was multiple times that God spoke to him and multiple times that Moses said no. And that was my story too. Every day when I would go to the attic to study and pray in the morning, uh, God would say, you know, women's conference and you're going to teach. And I would say no. And I would literally start to cry and say, God, you cannot be asking me just like Moses. Like, I can't do this. This is not me. I, I, you must have the wrong person. I went through the same exact thing that Moses went through. I mean, I probably should have just opened up to the book of Exodus and started to try to figure things out. Maybe I would have uh, not said no so many times, but we all do these same things because it is rooted inside of us in a sad kind of way. But we don't ever feel good enough, right? Because we are not understanding our purpose or our significance or our identity in Christ. And when the call comes, um, it's easy for us to say, yeah, that's just too big, God. That certainly isn't for me. You know, God can call you, but then you don't just jump to it and and take off. It's wait for his next instruction. Yeah. Because yeah. timing is an important element. I remember, you know, when he called me in 1998, I came home thinking, 
how do I do this? How do I, I'm going to have to almost step away from this role as mom, as focused as I would be with being raising my kids in order to walk out God's call. And so I asked God a question, a follow up question. How do I do this? Mm. And he said, it's not time. Mm. And so now it's not like the, the call was going away. It was the timing. So as God is calling you and you're sensing that call, the follow-up question is, okay, so today's a new day. What is your plan today for me? I, I look back at Moses and, you know, this is before the burning bush, but he knew something was different about him. That he wasn't fitting in either world. And something was, there was some kind of sense of I'm special for some reason, but he failed to step into his call God's way, right? He, he killed a man. His timing, his timing and what he did was incorrect. And as a result, he thought, I'm sure he thought, I, I think I screwed up so much that God can't possibly use me. I know that we've done that. You know, I know that we've sensed God's urging to take a step in a particular direction. And if we don't listen for the timing or the way to do it and we mess up, the enemy comes right in and says, see, God, you you shouldn't be doing this because you're dangerous, right? You blow things. So let's go back to Romans 11, 29. I love in the Amplified Bible how this reads. It says, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable, which means that he doesn't withdraw what he has given, nor does he change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. He calls you. And if you mess up, it doesn't mean that the call has disappeared. It's still there. That is such a wow, Deb. That is so encouraging. I mean, I just, I don't know. I want to jump up and down and, and scream hallelujah on that one because God is so good. Our, um, what is it that he's faithful even when we're faithless. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with the call. He is going to uh, continue. He doesn't take it away from us. And I think that is so, so encouraging. No matter how many times we feel that we've messed up or missed the mark, um, you know, he never takes away the call. So if you're feeling like, all right, I did blow it. I thought I heard a call and I stepped into it. I got it wrong. You you haven't lost the call. Amen. You, it's like you've you've made a mistake uh, it's sin, right? When you're when you're stepping out of God's plan, you ask forgiveness, and then you pick up and you keep moving towards that call that God. It's like a GPS. Mm -hmm. I made a wrong turn, and now I need to recalibrate and get back on the destination that God has a place that He wants me to get to. That becomes part of our story, you know. It becomes if everybody heard the call and got there straight away and did it exactly. I don't think that makes you very relatable. Exactly. You know, exactly. That's not, <laughs> so keep doing what you're doing. Keep exactly. getting up each day, committing that day to the Lord. Stay in the word. Stay in the Amen. prayer life. And, and you will course correct as you go. Amen. And that's why God has given us a, a Bible full of relatable people. Oh, yeah. You know, people who lived it out. And now we go, oh, my goodness, I am Moses, right? I'm getting it. There's only one that got it right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And he's the one who gives the call, right? Right. <laughs> Holy Spirit gives the gifts. God gives the call. 
Oh, aren't we grateful that Jesus came and walked among us and did it right? What, a, yes. what an encouragement. That's awesome. Which really is a whole other side note. He knew what he was called to do, right? He knew what his plan was and what the Father had purposed for him. And he did it, right? And he kept going to the Father yes. right, daily to yes. go, okay, yes. I only do and I only yes. say what the Father's telling me. Yes, yes, I think yes. we mess up when we fail to keep going to the Father Absolutely. and saying what to do. We sit back and go, all right, I'm going to figure this out. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, real briefly, let's just uh, kind of take a look at Samson, because here's another individual who knew the call. In fact, if we were to look at Samson's story, uh, Samson knew the call from the time he was uh, born, right? They, everybody knew what the call for Samson was. His parents knew that he was to be a Nazarite, that he was uh, going to be this man who was separated uh, unto the Lord and that there was a great call in his life. And so Samson was told from the time he was a, a little guy what the call of God on his life was. And yet, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing that you would know all the way from back then what the call of God <laughs> on your life is. I don't know. Um, but he knew what it was, but he was always kind of skirting around what God had called him to do. In fact, he really was always making a choice to walk outside the boundaries that came with the call mm -hmm. that God had called him yep. to do. Sin and distraction took him down a path that he should not have gone down. You just read it. The call is not revocable, right? The call is irrevocable. So Samson was making a determined step, every step of the way, a determined walk away from or outside the bounds of what the call of God was in on his, on his life. He ends up in his story uh, bound by an enemy and blinded because of disobedience. And man, living in the call of God that God had for him, he was a judge. He had this place of authority. He, he could have had the most amazing uh, life following God's call on his life and living in a place of peace. And instead he ends up at the end of his life bound by an enemy and blinded because of his disobedience. I have to wonder, you know, we, we talk about the fact we know his hair was growing back and he got his strength back at the end. In those quiet, dark moments as he sat in that prison, uh, you know, what was he thinking? Ah, uh, I had, God put a call on my life and I just, I just walked down a wrong path. But he understood who God is and while he wasn't faithful to the call, God was, mm -hmm. right? And he was called to defend the people of Israel against the Philistines. And in that last moment, uh, God gave him the strength to defend Israel, even though he was chained up, even though he was blinded and he had disobeyed and he was bound and he had constantly kind of walked in the face of his call. God was still faithful. And in those final moments that he lived, he took down more Philistines than he had his whole life. It just goes back to show you God is faithful to the call, even when we are not. It's just like, how do you want the story to go? Do you want to end up blinded and bound mm -hmm. and in disobedience? Or do you want to walk in the freedom of what God's called you to do? I think of people who are looking from the outside in on these stories. Uh, you and I, when we think of Moses, we have a very different opinion of Moses as someone who was following God than we do Samson. Samson is known more for his big mess ups than the fact that, I mean, God still worked through him, but but the impression that it gives to other people is is far different. I think of 
folks today, God is accomplishing what he wants through people's lives. But when others are watching your life and making a determination about what God is like from looking at your life, I really want someone to look at my life and go, she's doing what God called her to do. Um, and it's and it's showing, it's bearing fruit, right? It's She's looking like Christ. That's what I want people to see because I think we're called to represent the Father well. And and when you don't, when you, you get sidetracked like, like Samson did, yes, God can still accomplish his call for your life. But I think there's, people are watching and they're making a decision whether or not God is something they want in their their story based on what they're seeing in your life. And, and I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the Samson where people are looking at me going, well, God worked in spite of her. Right. Mm. And, and they're making a decision. Well, if that's what following God looks like, boy, she's a mess yep, yep, you know, yep. and people are watching. So I, I don't know. It makes me want to just sitting back thinking, I, I really do want to keep, stay connected to the father and, and hear what his plan is yes, for each yes. day. Yes. You know, and, and you get, there's days where you feel like you're, you're nailing it and days where you feel like you messed it. Yes. Um, but Philippians 1, 7 says, look, if he starts it, he's going to finish it. Amen. Amen. And, but we can do this the easy way or the hard way. Like, you yeah. know, let's, let's really walk in the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish the call that he's got on our lives. Amen. And Amen. that means we need to be doing what God wants us to be doing in the way and the, you know, like at the timing, it's, it's all going to be lined up in step with where the Holy Spirit is going. Amen. And so as we recap, you know, what we're talking about this returning to the beginning, the call that God has placed on your life. I, again, I just want to encourage you if you are still confused to what the call is that's on your life, stick, go back to the beginning, go back to God's desire is that you would grow in intimacy with him. And that's going to be in that communication through prayer. It's going to be going back into the word, staying in fellowship. I mean, if you are keeping company with some people who are really maturing in their faith and their ability to hear God and they're obediently walking out what scripture says that rubs off on you. Mm -hmm. You know, they stimulate your growth just by their role modeling, making that decision that I got, I'm all in. I don't know exactly what that means yet, but I'm all in. I want to be obedient to you. And as we are consistent one day at a time, learning how to pursue that relationship with God he is far more interested in developing a closeness with you than you are developing a closeness with him. He knows exactly where you are. Right. He knows how to speak your language. He knows where to find you. You, right. you. Your job is not to get the call. That's your right. job is to be uh, receptive Yep. so that when he calls, you're yep. ready Amen. to say yes. Amen. And, and I think that's where we need to come back to the basics. Yep. That's you know, right. And then as he begins to speak that call into our lives, again, you don't run headstrong, you know, into however, when, wherever this is going to take me again, yep. keep going back, back to the father for that direction yep. for the next day. Yep. So such good stuff. Next week, Laura, we're going to be looking at um, back to the beginning with the word, back to the word. Uh, we're going to look at a king in the Old Testament who discovered the word of God that been hidden for so long and and how getting back to that foundation of the scriptures really settles a lot of life's issues so we're going to take a look at that so it's been fun in this month of August going back to the beginning 
I hope you guys are being challenged. I know Laura and I are challenged by the messages that we put together. It's challenging for us. It's good reminders. Absolutely. And uh, we really appreciate you joining us. And, and thank you again. Boy, Beyond the Building has grown because you have shared it with your friends. And then they share it with their friends. And we're just very grateful as he is building a community. Um, it's really nice as we come out of these uh, months of quarantine to have uh, friendships that are blossoming and growing because of being able to be connected. And, and you guys are part of that. So we really appreciate your friendship and your commitment to walking this journey with us. If we can be a blessing to you, just reach out to us on our website. Uh, we we definitely pray for you guys and we are excited to uh, continue on in the month of August with this returning to things in the beginning. And we're already planning September. We are I already can't wait. That's planning. right. That's going to be a great yes. month. So for Debbie Kiever and Laura Pareto, again, we love you. We appreciate you. Thanks for being with us today. Take care. Bye-bye. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.